Shalom Aleichem. I want to talk a little about the matzah. So, uh, everything which happens to Am Yisrael is somehow uh, predicted in the Torah, Torah Shabbat Shabbat, Torah Shabbat Peh. So maybe a little bit we'll take a look. First of all, I want to tell you uh, a devout Torah that the Rav of the Salvatrix itself said, and it's in the Rishimos on Baba Metzi on page, uh, look it up, it's Shin Ches, page Shin Ches. Talking about uh, the Kedusha of Eretz Israel. So there's a long discussion in the Gemara, many places, whether the original Kedusha of Eretz Israel con- continues forever or it gets cancelled by the Churbanos. We had twice, twice we had a Churban of Eretz Israel. We were there twice and were driven out twice. So each time we went in, there was a Kedusha Sa'aretz. You would Machayah to do mitzvahs, the rice, the Tumas, Maisu, Shemitah. So what happens when we're driven off the land? Does the Kedusha continue with the rice? Or no, it's only with the Rabbanon. That's a big question in the Gemara, many places. And the Rambam has a very strange psak. There's also Machlokas about Beis Amigdash, because Shlomo Melech built, David Shlomo built a Beis Amigdash, that was destroyed. Then Ezra built another base in Mikdash. That was destroyed. So, also the same question. Does the Kedusha continue? became a big question uh, the last few hundred years about being a carbon Pesach, maybe, nowadays, because the Kedusha might still exist in the Raisa. So the Ram has a very, very strange psak. He paskins the, the questions different ways. He paskins, first of all, he says... This is he has the Hilchas base of Bechira, he has the Hilchas Malachim, Hilchas Chumas. In few places he discusses this. So he says that the Kedushas base Hamigdash is the Olam Void. That means that Shlomo Melech, David Shlomo Abomakadish, the base Hamigdash, even though it was destroyed first by the Babylonians and it was destroyed the second time by the Romans, that Kedusha is the Olam Void. So according to the Rambam, you could really bring Kabanos, Bismat Nazet. And, of course, anyone who's Tomei is Nisa Deraisa to go up to the area. Um, she does, there's a Kedusha Deraisa. And maybe some mitzvahs maybe depend on the actual structure of the, of the bias. But uh, he says that you could bring Kabbalah. with Manazer without a bias. Kedusha's basic Kedusha is the Olam Vod. Um, as far as Eretz Israel, Chumas Maisa, Shemitah, he says that he paskins a split. He says the first Kedusha, which started with Yoshua Benun coming into the country, that Kedusha was Batel when the Babylonians conquered the country. And Ezra Sofa came back with the Jews after 70 years and they settled the land a second time and they were Makadish the land a second time. So he says that that Kedusha of Ezra is the Olam Vod. He says, basically, according to the Rambam, mitzvahs at Luis Ba'aretz, Uzmanazer, have a Kedusha de Raisa. There might be some technical things that the Rambam says, you need Kulchem, you need a majority of the Jews to live there, to do certain mitzvahs, and some people think that he means Shemitah also. So until you have a majority of Jews, it's only Medrabanan, 
that's a technical point, but once you get the majority, then it'll be divisive. So it could be we're very close. We maybe already have a majority. So next Shemitah, it's a very good chance that it'll be divisive according to the Rambam. Because the basic Kedusha Sa'aretz, he says, is the Olam Vod. Basic Kedusha Sa'aretz is the Olam Vod from Ezra. So then the Rambam himself, which is unusual, he says, I have to explain myself. Why do I say this? Why do I say Kedusha's base to Migdash is the Olam Vod? Since uh, Shlomo Melech, why do I say Kedushas Eretz of Yeshua ben Nun was Batel with the conquest of the Babylonians? And why do I say the Kedusha of Eretz Israel is the Olam Void when it was done by Ezra? So he says like this He says, Kedusha's base on Migdash is Shechina. For Shechina lo Batela. Shechina lo Batela. Shechina is there, and the Shechina doesn't leave. Uh, the Shechina doesn't care that the Babylonians came, the Romans came, the Arabs came. It doesn't make a chilek. The Shechina stays. So that Kedushas L'Olam Foreb. Then he says, Yeshua Benun, when he come into the land, he got it through Kibush. And Kibush is Batel. You know, they had a Muhammad, Yeshua ben Nun, Safe Yeshua is full of the Muhammad. And uh, Moshe ben Nun also had Muhammad, Eretzichon Vaog was the beginning, and then Yeshua ben Nun did Muhammad against uh, the people in Canaan. So since the Kedusha came from Kibush, and then the Babylonians came and they were Kovish the land from us, so the Kibush of the Babylonians is Mavatal, the Kibush of Yeshua, so the Kedusha Sa'aretz also goes away. And he says, why do I say that Ezra, the second Kedusha of Ezra, is the Olam Void? Because Ezra didn't do any kibush, there was no Muhammad. He just settled the land. He had the license from the Persian government to settle the land. It was done by Chazaka. They just settled the land. And Chazaka, lo betela. The Chazaka doesn't stop even if the Jews were driven off. Atkan, the Bambam. So... Ravid right away jumps. That makes not, doesn't make any sense. The Kesef Mishnah is always explaining the Ram says, I also don't understand it. They say, we don't understand. Uh, why is Chazaka lo betela? The Jews were living in the country, and then they were driven out by the Romans. So uh, the country was basically empty. When uh, the Ramban came to Israel many hundreds of years over a thousand years later, he says he couldn't find a minion in Jerusalem. There was no, there were not even ten Jews there. So, why is the Chazakal Olam void? Chazakal means you live someplace. The Jews are not living in the country. The, the Turks had the country. They didn't let Jews in either for hundreds of years. So, the country is basically empty. Maybe there, there were maybe a few Jews. I, I once went to Pekin. I met this family. They claim that they're there since Beis Hamikdash. Okay, I think now they they're gone. The people from Pekin, but they were there till not so long ago. But the Chazaka was is Betela, and that that's one question. Second of all, and Yeshua ben Nun didn't make a Chazaka. The Jews split the country into Shvatim, and the Jews were living there, so they also had Chazaka. So why is the Chazaka of Yeshua ben Nun is not Olam Vod, and the Chazaka of Ezra is Olam Vod? These are the problems which the Mefarshim have with the Rambam. So the Rav, 
It's interesting that until the Rav came along, it wasn't really explained so well. The, the Rav, he gave three pshatim. I want to speak about two pshatim that the Rav gave. He gave two very nice, interesting pshatim. So, uh, one pshat that he gave was like this. That the first time we come in to the Oshua ben Nun as Kibush, that Kibush wasn't uh, just a human military victory because uh, it says there were a lot of miracles. It's been, you know, in Sefi Yeshua, the Jordan River split. They walk around Yericho, the walls collapse. The Ramamish Nisim Galuyim going on. The sun, Shemesh Begivon Dam, the sun stopped. One battle, another battle. Hail, fire came down from the sky to defeat the enemies. So it was a Muhammad, yes, the Jews were fighting, but it was together with Nisim Galuyim of Hashem helping us, that was a kibush. It was a kibush, but l'malem aderech It wasn't done al piderech So, okay. Now the second time we come with Ezra, it's chazaka. So the chazaka was bederech There was no miracles whatsoever. Just the Jews came and they settled in, in basically Yerushalayim. From two million Jews who were in, the, in Babylonia and Persia, there might be 40,000 come, very few, maybe 5%, 95% don't come. And it says in Tanakh there were terror attacks. Uh, the Goyim who were living there were attacking the Jews with weapons and they had to have a 24-hour guards to protect themselves, and there were stabbings and knifings and arrows. It was very, very, very difficult. There was no Nisim whatsoever. It was just Messias Nefesh that the Jews themselves were sacrificing their lives in order to, to rebuild Yushalayim and Eretz on the base of Migdash. So, because it was done just through the efforts of the Jews who were. Uh, most nefesh to come back to Eretz Yisrael. That's the chazaka. It's that. It's not. It's not the kibush of Yeshua. It's not the chazaka of Yeshua. The chazaka of Yeshua is based on nisim gluyim. Throughout the first case of uh, base of Migdash, you have neviim going around who are making nisim all the time. Your navi makes nisim and Elisha makes nisim. It was an era of nisim gluyim. So therefore, that's called kibush. The Chazaka was purely the efforts of the few Jews who came with great uh, dedication and self-sacrifice. So that's the Chilak in the, in the level of the Kedusha. If the Kedusha comes from Kibush with Nisim Gluyim, that, once those Nisim end at the end of the Bayesushim with the Bavel, that was it, no more Nisim, that's it. So that Kedusha goes away. But the second time that Ezra comes in and he, uh, with his few Jews, were sacrificing themselves and really risking their lives to, to rebuild the 
Eretz Yisrael and Yerushalayim, that Chazaka, which is based on the Sirius Nefesh, that's the Olam Poet. That Kedusha is the Olam Poet. That's the shot that the Rav gave. Um, then he gave uh, another shot. He said like this, a second shot. The first shot is really very good in the words of the Rambam. Uh, the second shot is a little bit more of uh, sort of a Jewish, but the second shot was that the first time we come in with uh, Yeshua ben Nun, the, it, it's, it were led by the Aron HaKodesh. The Aron HaKodesh, the Luchos Aron HaKodesh, they uh, split the Jordan River, they lead the Jews walking around Yericho, Yericho Falls, Every Muhammad, the Aaron HaKodesh was there. At the mitzvah to take the Aaron to Muhammad. Every single Muhammad was led by the Aaron HaKodesh. And then, of course, the Aaron HaKodesh is in the base of Migdash throughout the time. In the second base of Migdash, second time we come, there is no Aaron HaKodesh at all. Not at all. Not even in the base of Migdash. The Aaron HaKodesh was lost. It never was found. And... Uh, they built the base of Migdash. I once had a course, some Jewish teacher was teaching an art course in Queens College. She said, Second Temple, the most holy spot in the world, you walked into it, it was an empty room. So I mean, if the God's presence doesn't need things, it's just an empty room. It was an empty Kodesh Kodashim, but there was no Aaron HaKodesh. Uh, so the Aaron HaKodesh, which was the the leader of the charge of the first, the Kibbush Haaretz, that's Torah Shebech It's the Luchos. And then the whole first base of Migdash, you have Nevi'im. And Nevi'im are teaching Torah Shebech Every Every Navi is a Chefz of Torah Shebech In the second base of Migdash, second time we come, there was a few Nevi'im at the beginning for a few years, and then that's it. And there's no Aaron HaKodesh, so there's no Torah Shibach Sav really being given, no Nunavu or anything like that. The, the Koach and, and the, the main Koach of Am Yisrael in, to live and to exist, Heim Chayenu Vroch Yomenu, is the Torah. So in the first base of Migdash it was Torah Shibach Sav. The Luchos, the Nevi'im, the second base of Migdash. The Koach was not Torah Shebuch it was Torah Shebaal Peh. Because Anshik Nesagdola, that's the first Sanhedrin of Ezra, and Anshik Nesagdola are basically running the show in the second base of Mikdash, and they're the source of Torah Shebaal Peh. They make the Mishnayis, and then the, the Gemara comes from there. So it's all Torah Shebaal Peh. And the Kedusha Sa'aretz, with the Kedusha of Am Yisrael, which comes from Torah, goes into Eretz Yisrael, the first time was Torah Shebuch Sav. That was the main Kedusha Sa'aretz of the first time. And the second time, the main Kedusha was the Kedusha of Torah Shebaal Peh. So he says, the Rav, that Torah Shebuch Sav is a limited, right? There's a certain amount of words, 
they counted the words they saw from him, so many words in Chumash, so many words in Tanakh, it stops, there's a beginning, there's an end. Okay, it's a, it's a double katsuv. So therefore, the Kedusha, which comes from Teresh Shebuchsav, is also katsuv. Once the Nebuah of Teresh Shebuchsav basically stops at the end of Bayes Rishon, when the Babylonians conquer us, and the Nebuah is gone, so Teresh Shebuchsav, the Gilui of Teresh Shebuchsav is ended, and the Kedusha, which comes from Teresh Shebuchsav, also disappears. That's the kibush, which goes away. But the second time we come in, it's chazaka, it's the koach of Torah the tanoim and amoroim. So the Torah is limitless. There's no chavamim It doesn't have any beginning. It doesn't have any end. It just goes on and on and on and on. So Torah is limitless. So therefore the kedusha which Torah produces, is limitless. So therefore the kedusha Sa'aretz the second time, Torah Shabbat is the Olam Vod. That was a Tupshatim the Rav gave. Okay. Both are wonderful Tupshatim, really. Um, okay. Now, Beis Hamikdash is another thing. Beis Hamikdash is the Shechina. It means like this, that the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael and Yishlaim, Beis Hamikdash, has two sources. One source is Am Yisrael. Am Yisrael, Asher Kedushanu, when Am Kadosh, Ki Am Kadosh, Atan Hashem Kecha Kadosh, and Daros with Kedusha. And we have the ability to create Kedusha around us. So we can make, we make Eretz Yisrael Kadosh first time, second time. That's one source of Kedusha. Another source of Kedusha is HaKadosh Baruch himself is Makadish. He creates Kedusha directly. He gave us Kedusha at Hasinai. Then we go around and make other things Kadosh. But he, make, he made us Kadosh, and he makes the base of Migdash Kadosh, the Shechin itself. Shlomo Dov and Shlomo, they went through whatever procedures, but the, what happened was, the Shechina came and said, I'm a Kaddish, the Makam Amigdash. So once the Shechina does it directly, that Kaddush is never Batel. What we do, we make things Kaddush, the Kaddush could be gone, right? So there's a concept, Baal Pritzim Chalalua. Jews make uh, things Kaddush, and then other people come and desecrate it, the Kaddush goes away. But if sometimes Kaddish Baruch himself makes Kaddush, that never goes away. So he was Makadish us. The Kedusha of Am Yisrael will never go away. Same thing with the Shechina of the Beis HaMikdash. That Beis HaMikdash is direct to the Kedusha of HaKadosh Baruch himself. That will never go away. That's what the Ram says, Shechina lo Taylor. So, um, we have, this also a very important concept, the Kedusha of the Shechina and the Kedusha of Am Yisrael. Now, <clears throat> we come to uh, Bismana Zeh. So Bismana Zeh, <coughs> so what we have is like this. <coughs> There's another uh, important concept, which is as follows. If the Rambam says <coughs> that the Kedushas, Beis is the Olam Vod, the Kedushas Eretz Yisrael the second time is the Olam Vod, so what's going to happen the third time? 
when we come in the third time, which is the final time, uh, what's going to happen in terms of Kedusha? So, we are going to build the base of Mikdash. We are going to <coughs> get Eretz Yisrael going again with mitzvot and Kedusha. So, what's happening? We're just continuing what was before. The Ramah said, basically, this is the Olam Vod. Eretz Yisrael is the Olam Vod. So, we come back the third time. We're just continuing what was before. It was a long uh, pause. And we just pick it up where we stop. Or do we, are we going to be adding some Kedusha? So, uh, so the Chaim Brisker is in a lot of different sources that um, that yes, the Jewish people will create more kedusha the third time. So, uh, what Chaim Brisker said was that the Rambam is not saying that the second kedusha, the kedusha is basically the first time, is the Olam Voed, and that's it. The, that Kedusha is there, but the third time we come, we're going to be adding Kedusha. So it'll be, it'll be an upgrade. So the Kedusha Soaretz will get bigger. Kedusha's base in Mikdash will get bigger. It might be geographically that maybe Eretz Yisrael will expand because we have, it's supposed to have ten nations and we've got seven and it's supposed to go to Nahapras. So maybe it'll be a physical expansion of the land's Kedusha. Maybe it'll be some quality of the Kedusha of the land will, uh, like the Rambam said, that just to practice certain of the mitzvahs, you need B.S. Kulchem. You need most Jews to live there. Even if the land has Kedusha, but if you don't have a majority of the Jews, you don't have Shemitah devices. So there'll be a majority of the Jews, so the Kedusha will will become activated with Hashemitah Midaraisa. So the third time we come, it's not going to just be continuing what was before. There'll be an increase in the Kedusha Saaretz, and there'll be also increase in the basic Migdash Kedusha cause, even though maybe it could be in Kabbanas Bismanazer, but there's no mitzvah Bikurim. Why don't people bring Bikurim Bismanazer? The drama holds that there's a Kedusha's basic Mishnah Midaraisa, so every farmer should be bringing Bikurim, Midaraisa. No one brings Bikurim. The answer is, for Bikurim, it's not enough to have Kedusha's base on Mikdash. You have to have a base on Mikdash. You have to go to the bias itself. If you don't have a bias, there's no mitzvah Bikurim. So there are various mitzvahs of base on Mikdash which also don't function without, even with Kedusha's base on Mikdash, but if you don't have the actual bias, you can't do those mitzvahs. Um, so, when you have the Bayes Shlishi, there'll be an upgrade. So, Enochanami, the Kedusha's base in Midrash is still there from David and Shlomo. Book of Bundes is good enough, but to, to do everything, we're going to have to have, uh, say, Mishmaras of the Kohen, and the Kohen have to reveal him. Someone years ago, I remember, there was a certain rabbi, he wanted to, uh, he wanted to start the Mishmaros, that we had the Kaisel, so, we said we should start Mishmaras of Levium. So, but it, it didn't take off. Because apparently Mishmaras of the Levium needs the bias, not just Kedusha's base in Middash. You need the bias itself. So when we have bias Shlishi, every single mitzvah based in Middash will come back. So there'll be an upgrade. So that means that the, the Bia Shlishis 
will increase the Kedusha, even though there will still be, of course, the basic Kedusha, the Raisa, by Shani, but there'll be an upgrade. There'll be more Kedusha in the Aretz, be more Kedusha in the bias, more mitzvos from the Maisa. So that means that, in a, so that's what Chaim Briska was trying to emphasize, I want to emphasize, we should understand that Bayez Shlishi is a Hemshech of Bayez Sheni. It's not that there's only a Bayez Sheni, or we think only a Bayez Shlishi, there's a continuum. Sheni goes to Shlishi. Okay, so now <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the return of the Jews to Israel the last 150 years, let's say. So we have many, many, many nevuos of uh, going back to the Torah of Kibbutz Goliot. The Kibbatzi Etchem Ma'aba Kanfus Haaretz. Hashem says, I'll bring you back. So many, many places. Chumash and Tanakh. And so we, we do see that over the last 150 years there was a kibbutz goliot ma'abba kanfasar. It's never had that before. We never had all the world, Jews from all over the world. We had from Babylonia and Persia was one place. Some of them came back. But we don't have the whole world sending Jews back. So that happened now the last 150 years. It might be that we're at the point of 50%. So that, that Nebuah pretty much is happening. <clears throat> but there's plenty of other Nevuos which didn't happen yet. And Bayesh Lishi is going to be a continuation, an upgrade of Shani. So the Kibasi Esamabakanfasarvitz is happening. It might be by next Shemitah we'll have 51%. Shemitah Midaraisa. But you have Hashivish. So, what's interesting is that the Rabbi once said in the Drash, he says, if you look in the Shemona Esrei, the first bracha, a request that we ask Hashem for the Gu'ula, uh, we, there are two things very interesting. At the beginning of Shemona Esrei, you say, Slachlanu, Hashiva, you know, Hashivenu and Slachlanu, and then your Eivon, Yenu, Gulenu, Gula, Shlema. And then you go off and you Eino and Baruch Hashem, and then you start with a bunch of brachas. Kabbas Nitchem Yisrael, Hashiv Shav Tein Kavari Shona, and the Malshinim, Sadikim, Yishlayim, Tzemach David. So you have a bunch of brachas about Guula. It's very interesting. You have one bracha about Guula at the beginning, Guula Shleima, and then you. Then later on, you go into like steps. So that indicates the following. The Gemara says there's a pasuk about Gula which says, in Yeshayanavi says, Be'ita Achishenu. We have it in one of the Aftaras. Be'ita Achishenu. I will bring the Gula at the right time speedily. So the Gemara asks, it's a paradox. Be'ita means at a certain time, and Achishenu means speedily. So it says in the Gemara, Yes, there are two options. It could be Be'ita, the Lozachu. There is a certain time for Gu'ula if Lozachu. And Achishena can come quicker if Zachu. So a lot of people are trying to figure out, Mephoshim, 
What's the be'ito? What's the time? So, a long time ago, the Gemara said, don't do it. Don't try to figure out the time. Then, later on, after the Gemara, the Mephoshim start to give dates. The Ramban gives a date at the beginning of this week's Pasha. At the end of the six days, he says, I think it's going to happen at the end of 5,000 years, in the latter part of the 5,000 years, the last 500 years after the year 5,500, sometime over there, we'll have the redemption. That's the Ramban. And then the Malbim wrote in one of his places in the Mepharshim, he says, 1948. He wrote it around 1910. He said 1948. He happened to be right in a certain way. So people come up with dates, the Be'ita. But that the Gemara says, if lo zochu, if zochu, Achishen can come any day. Bechol yom achak alo sheyavo. can come any day. Should come any day. So that's what we have in the Shemona Esra. At the beginning of the Shemona Esra, you say, Salach lo minu kichoton, Hashem, forgive us. Reivonyenu golenu gula shleima. We'll have a gula right away. We don't have to wait for anything. But that would be Achishenah. And we pray for that every time. But if it doesn't happen, so then it's Be'ita, then it comes at a certain time, predestined, and then it comes step by step. It doesn't come, boom, Gula Shalema. Like Moshe Ben came to Mitzrayim overnight with a Gula Shalema. There were slaves, and then all of a sudden he appears, the Makos, and the land of Mitzrayim, less than in about a year. Gula Shalema right away. But... Uh, and maybe that was the way Yeshua ben Nun came into Israel with miracles. So you have a quick ula. But when Ezra comes, years later, it wasn't quick at all. It was very tough. So you have a gula, which is be'ita. Uh, so then the Shemona Esrei, we, we say, we're not zochah for gula shlema, so we're going to have to have it step by step. Kabbas netchama Yisrael. Then Hashiva Shoftenu, then there'll be a Sanhedrin. Then there'll be a war against the Malshinim, the Jewish enemies will have wars, and there'll be tzaddikim. Maybe we'll start getting the Vua again, with the tzaddikim, and then the Yishalayim. We'll have a base of Migdash, and then there'll be David Melech, Mashiach, and then there'll be Ritzev, Amch Yisrael, Sechazen, Hanenu, we'll have full base of Migdash. I have the Shechina, so it's a step by step. <coughs> so that's the Achishena. So, you know, no one is as smart as the person with experience. So, unfortunately for us, our experience has been that there is, was never, the third time has not been a Gula Shalema, hasn't been an overnight redemption, which it could have been, and maybe it should be, we would love it to be. It hasn't been. But it has become uh, this very slow, arduous, difficult step by step. So instead of it being like bias Rishon, where Nisim were going on, Nisim Kaluyim, it's like bias Shani, where Ezra came and there were terrorists and killings and people had to be on guard duty 24 hours a day. And only a few Jews and every, very hard. <coughs> that was a bias Shani. And, and Bayeshlishi is a, is a Hemshech of Shani. So, what was going on then is going on today. 
is a very slow, difficult process of Geula. At the time, the Ramban said it'll happen after the year 5500. It's happening. It's the year 5784. So right now it's going on. It's not tough shin. Hey, Dalad, I said uh, two weeks ago, Teheshnas Pedus should be the year of redemption. And we say at the end of Shia Malos, for who Yivde? It has to have Pedus, for who Yivde? So we're saying the Shia Malos, everyone's saying Shia Malos, you mentioned the word Pedus twice. It's Pei Dalad. So, um, the year of redemption. So, but it's a very, very, very difficult process. It's like Bayashani of Chazaka. But, but uh, what, we say, what we know is that a Gula, which comes through Chazaka, through very difficult t- process, is the Olam Vod. That stays forever. That doesn't, that's never rebuttal. So, uh, Getting towards the end of the, we're getting, you know, Kibbutz Goliot, but uh, we don't know how much more uh, suffering there's going to be before we go to the next stage. Sanhedrin, and uh, getting, maybe getting the Vua coming back, and Beis Amigdash. But these things are, will happen. <laughs> Just we don't know when and how and how much suffering we have to go through. So, I wanted to mention to you that there was, there's a few Haftoros, many Haftoros, but I just wanted, I just happened to look at a couple of them before I came. So you have on uh, in Pesach, Pesach is the Chag Gula, right? It's a, a redemption from Mitzrayim. So you have on um, the Haftoris of uh, Pesach, especially at the end, they have a few Haftoris which are very much. So the Haftoris, let's say the seventh day of Pesach, which is, uh, I will fight my enemies and destroy them. I will completely destroy them. They will be completely destroyed. God will give me strength to do the fight. And it's very strong, very strong. I will crush them like the dust of the ground. And Tvalteni, um, God will save me, Merive Am, Merive Ami, from those who fight my nation. And he says, Chai Hashem Tsuri, God will bless Hashem, Vyarum Elokei Tsuri Yeshi, God will give me the strength and will save me. Okeel, Anotein, the Kamot Li, Morid Amim Tachteni, he will give me the revenge against the Jewish enemies. It's amazing how, and then he has a pasuk here at the end of the Haftorah, he will get me, save me from my enemies, make me more powerful, 
So those who stand against me may ish chamosim tatsileni. He will save me from people of chamos. So, Mamish, a prediction of the Baruch Hashem will be a big uh, Jewish Hatzol and victory over Ishchamosim, the people of Chamos. That's the Haftorah and Pesach for Yom Shvi. Then, the last day, the next day of Pesach, so it goes into higher level that Hashem will, will save us and Yotzo Chotem Megezi Yisha this is what they're talking about Mashiach the King Mashiach will come Nocha Olav Ruach Hashem Ruach Chochmu Vina Ruach Eitzuk Ruach Das Ves Hashem so he Beshofat Betzedek Dalin there'll be a, a wonderful king who do Tzedek and then it'll be Vegazaev Im Keves the goat will be able to to be with the wolf and with the lion. It's a famous psukim. So and lo yoreivul eshchisi b'chol hakotchi. There'll be no more evil in the base of Migdash Yushlaim Kumol Oretz Deis Hashem Kamayim Niyamachasim. So it's very interesting how the two avtovas are back to back. Yom Shvi and then Yom Achron. The Yom Shvi is the struggle that the Jewish people have to have to fight with their enemies, with the people who want to destroy them, with Amalek, basically it's the Mechemes Amalek. Mechemes Amalek has to happen before, if it's, if it's this way, the Be'ita, there's a Mechemes Amalek. The, the people who want to destroy us and they t- t- do terrible things and we have to fight them and destroy them. Um, and after that, you get the next steps. You get Shiva Shoftani you get Sanhedrin, you get Semach David, you get Melach HaMashiach, you get a base of Mikdash, and you get Shalom, the real piece of, of the lion sleeping with the, uh, with the lamb. And Molo, it's day is Hashem Kamiyamachasim. But uh, when you're at this stage, which is the fight, uh, you have to have a lot of the moon and betochen and Hashem that, uh, that he's going to help us. And I just wanted to point out a few things in terms of um, to, that we can rely on Hashem. Uh, first of all, you know, I'm a little bit older than most of the guys here. I'm around 80. So um, I lived through the Six-Day War when I was your age, it was the Six-Day War. Then I lived the Yom Kippur War, Iraq War, Lebanon War, all the wars with Gaza. I saw many, many wars with Israel. <clears throat> so, um, I know that from this experience of, of living through all these different this wars, that Hashem always is helping Am Israel. It's amazing. The, at the, at the end of all these wars and battles, Hashem is helping us in a tremendous, miraculous way. Um, whether it was the Six-Day War, I remember the Six-Day War, the first couple of days, there was no news whatsoever 
fact, since uh, it was 67, I came to YU as a student in 61. I was a freshman. 67, I was already in Smicha. So when the war broke out, all you heard was from the Egyptians. The Egyptians said, we're, con- we, we're already halfway through the Negev, we're up to Ashkelon, and another day we'll take Tel Aviv. Everyone was so nervous, right, two days into the war. So we made a, they made a rally in uh, Washington, D.C., across the street from the White House. So all the guys from YU uh, went down to, to Washington, and hundreds of thousands of Jews from around the country came to Washington. See, of course, street from the White House. I remember very vividly being in that park there. And, uh, and it was very, very stressed. Everybody was so stressed. And um, then as uh, we sang Tehillim and speeches, and then all of a sudden, one of the speakers got up and said, I just heard news came through on the radio. The Israeli government announced that they have captured the Sinai Peninsula, just the opposite of what the Egyptians said. The Egyptians said that they were conquering Ashkelon and Tel Aviv, and then came out the news that Egypt lost to Israel. So it turned from, uh, the the, the rally turned from uh, Avelos to Simcha. I was there when it happened. I saw the Six-Day War. And... um, Kippur War was a terrible, terrible war. Israel was really in very, very bad shape. And um, eventually, uh, Shem helped Israel, was able to defeat the Egyptians. It lost well over 3,000 soldiers. It was very bad. But Shem did help us, it was a miracle. And I remember in the Iraq Scud War, it was in 91. By then I was already a Rebbe. And uh, so we saw that the Iraqis are, are throwing missiles. So we organized here uh, that the Wayu boys would get on a plane and go to Israel. I remember that whole thing, going to Israel. But, you know, we didn't do much there. I sat in shelters, but just to be, just to show solidarity. So Wayu, we sent a whole plane. Uh, to go to Israel to be there during the Scud War. And uh, so I think a lot of things. But every time there's this terrible situation, it's very, very scary. But uh, because the Am Yisrael has betochen, it's very strong, Am Yisrael. Um, and that comes out, unfortunately, you need things like this, but it's uh, too bad. But uh, it does come out, Achtus, uh, Ava, that Jews have for one another, and for Hashem, and the Betochen, and that always has happened many, many times. It's, uh, it's come through, and, and we have the bracha that saw uh, Betach Bashem, and and then I'm Israel Chai and I'm Natsayach. So I'm sure that even though we had a terrible uh, week, and I don't know what's going to be in the next few weeks, but uh, at the end, for sure, we're going to have a Betochon. Uh, I would say like this in terms of what, what we can do. We're here in America. So 
we say this on Yom Kippur. We say tshuva tefilo tzedaka ma'avirim esroa ha'gazera. So it's a bad gazera, a very very bad gazera that we have, and tshuva tefilo tzedaka. So tshuva. Everybody has things to, uh, that they can do better. Yeshiva boys, uh, they don't have such big, big averos. So, but um, but uh, we know that in general, that we can say the Gemara says that sinas chinam is the big avera which is causing all the service of Am Yisrael since uh, by Shani. So. Everybody in their own way should try to overcome some sin as chinam. So if somebody annoys me, like I'm upset with somebody, so I have to put like a lock on my mouth and shut my lips and not say something which uh, could insult or hurt somebody else. Even if I think I, I should, but I shouldn't. I should, be, I should try to be machmir that the Rambam says, you want to fix a problem, be machmir the other way. Don't, don't just go to be a bane. And then you have to go to the other extreme. So we have a problem of sin as There's no question that this was going on in the Jewish people, especially in Israel the last year or so. And Hamas said black and white. I remember I was reading in the newspaper about a month ago that the head of Hamas and Hezbollah, they both said the Jews are disunited, they're they're falling apart, now's the time for us to attack. They said it black and white that because of they saw all this sinaschinam, all this fighting going on among the Jews, they said now we can attack. They, you couldn't have a clearer message that uh, the, the Amalek said himself. He says the reason I'm doing it is because uh, the Jews are split. So he said that that's the reason he attacked. So you can believe him. One of the big problems is that Jews don't believe what their enemies say. Enemy says he's going to do something. By now, it's thousands of years. We should believe our enemies when they say something. They didn't believe Hitler, when he said he's going to kill every Jew. They said, ah, stop talking. It doesn't mean it. But he did it. Hamas says, we're going to kill every Jew. Ah, stop talking. He mean he did it. He means it. You can believe them. They say that they're doing it because they see you are split. So believe it. That's the reason that they're doing it, because you're split. So get the message. Got be machmir. In sinas chinam, nimachem and avas chinam. Someone annoys me, I dafka be nice to him. Dafka because he's annoying me, so I'm being nice to him. So that's everybody can do that, and uh, that's tshuva tefila. Everybody, you know, we're saying avinu malkeinu. We say shiamalos. So we're davening more, and tzedakah. You try to give him what tzedakah. I already gave to six different organizations, which are. Uh, sending food, and there's an organization which is a very nice organization to have a project to make tzitzis for, for soldiers, making green, green tzitzis. The beggar is green and the tzitzis are white, so that's a very, very nice project. And there people are cooking, and I just saw on the web this morning, my wife showed me that the five towns, they had a warehouse, and a bunch of yeshiva boys were packing all kinds of uh, bags and boxes. And I, don't, I, I couldn't tell what's, what's inside the bags and boxes, but whatever it is, they're sending blankets and they're sending vests and this and that. 
there's this, I got an email from one of the boys who was in Hawaii who graduated a year or two ago. His name is Yusuf White. He sent me an email uh, last night that there's something called Friends of IDF, which is a very good old-time organization helping the soldiers. And they say they want to send them better uh, military vests. They get certain vests, which is supposed to protect them, God forbid, from a bullet, but there's a better quality. So the Friends of IDF took a project to provide that. So they say if you give $126, that'll buy a vest. They say they have a guy that for every vest that someone contributes, this guy will match. So you get really, you give $126, you get two vests. And then they have a little video of a soldier, a film guy, and he's all dressed in his military gear, and he says, believe me, we can use better vests than we're getting. So, uh, you know, we have that project. It's all kinds of beautiful things. There's an organization called Yad Eliezer, which is doing stuff. So, you give tzedakah. I already gave five different places. Uh, $360 here, $360 there. I mean, I'm a working man. I can afford to do that. You guys are younger, so give $5, give $10, to this or that, whichever. So you give them what's a docker. Then today I saw on the web also a very nice thing, the Chabad, they came out like this, that the Rebbe once said, the word neshek, neshek is, a we- is, uh, is ammunition. He said, neshek is ner Shabbos Kodesh, to light Shabbos candles. So this lady went on, she said, every woman... Uh, light a Shabbos candle. So I heard that. I said, why doesn't every boy in YU light Shabbos candles? So, okay, you can't do it because they don't. it's a fire hazard. So go to the store and buy yourself a little electric uh, nair and uh, go on the web and order them. I ordered about, because I have so many candles in my house, I have my own a minute of lighting lots of candles. So, But then my wife says, you know, it's too many. So I said, okay, once we hit 70... I'm going to now do uh, uh, electric. So we hit 70 about a week ago. So, uh, so I said, okay, now we're going to start doing electric. So, but now I heard that this morning that for soldiers, it's a Neshek, Neshek Shabbos Kodesh. Get yourself these little electric Shabbos candles. And everybody should light two candles. It's Neshek. That'd be a project for those Shiva boys in uh, NYU that they're Neshek, you're not there. So, Neshek Shabbos Kodesh. Okay, we should have a uh, good Have a good Shabbos, everybody.